You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where each and every week, Pam and I get on the mic and talk to the nation, the entire nation. <laughs> Wouldn't that be pretty sweet? It's kind of like Meet the Nation. Right. Isn't there a show that, yeah, like on Sunday mornings? No, I don't think we want to be that. <laughs> yeah. We don't no, want to go to the political side of things. New, 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 Agreed, new, 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 new. agreed, yeah. agreed. The sex topic is heated enough, so... Um, we and it's already happened in the political world yeah. way too much yeah, anyway, we don't, need, we don't so. need that heat of politics. No, we don't. But this is Sexy Marriage Radio, where each and every week uh, we try to help out the nation. And if you are listening to this episode, you're part of the X- SMR Nation. And the way you can let us know what's going on in your world or questions that you may have, uh, let us know by calling us at 214-702-9565. Uh, as always, the email out there is feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Been around for over 10 years. That's still baffling to me. When I was sitting down for episode one and two and three, which pretty Gina cool. and I scored, you know, uh-huh. recorded all at the same time. Uh-huh. Who would have thought? Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty Here's to decades more, right, babe? Yeah, exactly. And the way we, what we also ask of the nation is to help us spread the word. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of different ways you can do this. You can jump on, uh, if you listen via uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, jump on there, rate and review, leave a comment. Spotify, you can rate the show. Uh, Android, Google Play, whatever, you can rate the show. Some of them will have possibilities of leaving comments. Audible, comment, you know, spread the word. Got it. Check. Are you doing that? Is that what you're saying? You're yeah. gonna you're gonna hop on and spread the word. Yes. Rate, rate, rate myself. All of them are from Pam A. <laughs> no one will crack that code. No one will crack the code. <laughs> <laughs> and just to get out ahead of this thing, while we're um, doing this show this week, uh, this is the season of the year where we I open up mastermind groups for husbands. Right. And so, man of his word, mastermind groups are going on. Um, ramping up to launch mm-hmm. in mid-August. So, fellas, if you are interested in taking a six-month-long journey with a bunch of other guys that have skin in the game to just be better men, husbands, fathers, mm-hmm. friends, um, send me an email, Corey at smrnation.com, and let me know you're interested. I'll give you the next steps because there are there is a process to this. It's not just, hey, I'm in. I'll pay the money and I'm in. No, there's some hoops you got to jump through. Mm-hmm. So your wife will thank you. Absolutely. Cause the thing I still keep coming back to on this whole group, uh, all the different groups we've been doing for over eight years now, um, that I've been doing this, that, uh, I love it when it, a group gels to where the wife is saying, well, what do your guys say about that? What do they think? Mm-hmm. Because they, they know they've got some allies in their husband's corner. Mm-hmm. And that's what this group is for is just wrap up 2022 by making it a better you. Yep. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, Pam and I are going to do a deep dive into the world of trust and trustworthiness hmm. and try to just look at it through a slightly different lens, okay. angles, and Pam's going to poke holes in it and I see will. if it ruins my trust <laughs> in her. And coming up on the extended... Not going to happen. Coming up on the extended content, which is deeper, longer, and no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. An email that's come in from a member of the academy 
who's curious about what happens when there's role reversals of when there's some suggestions that were given to, we gave in the past about a husband that was lacking confidence and he's recognized his wife is incredibly successful. He's struggling and mm-hmm. that really impacts their, his confidence. Okay. So what are some things you can do to help overall when there's a dichotomy going on of one person is rocking along differently than the other and it feels like it's a hierarchy. Okay. I've already got questions on that. Well, is then, that that's a hierarchy? Is it a role reversal? Well, then we'll need to so, tune into the extended um, content today yes, to I've find out more. All that's coming up on today's show. The Sex and Marriage Radio Academy is a private community of people perfecting the art of a passionate marriage. It's your opportunity to fully experience the fact that the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Not only that, you get to discover that being in a community makes a better life as well. The Academy is a private space for listeners and readers of Sexy Marriage Radio, a place to connect with others about life, relationships, and marriage. You'll find people that come together to meet, support one another, and get answers to burning questions, learn from experts, participate in growth challenges, and more. Marriage can be hard. Don't go at it alone. You pick the level of access. Go to smrnation.com forward slash smracademy to join today. I think there's a lot of information out there that people come into relationships thinking about the whole world of trust. You would say you could easily see that trust is a primary thing needed in a marriage. Yes? Agreed? It would sure be helpful, yes. (laughs) Okay, so... Any relationship I'm in that I want to be in long-term, ideally there's trust in it. Okay, which means what? Because I, I just want to start with just kind of a global, what do, you, what do we bring in to this equation of a relationship when there's this inherent expectation of trust? In generically in any relationship, I think if I'm... Uh, in a marriage, a business relationship, something like that, that I'm going into um, some sort of union together. Trust, uh, to me, my initial response is reliability, right? Okay. I know that if, um, if, if they say that this is the role they're going to play, that they're going to play it and ideally play it well. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm not going to show up and XYZ is not taken care of because they didn't play, do their part. So the, at a high level in my mind, that's really what it is. I'm, here's the part that I said I would play Mm -hmm. and I'm going to show up and do it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's right in line. So I did uh, like Webster's dictionary says trust is the firm belief in the reliability truth, ability, and strength of someone or something. Well, I could, I could, Nailed work, it. I could work for Webster. <laughs> Nailed it. And then, because I think there's an important component of this, that when you think of the whole idea of trust, it's a paramount thing I think most everybody has in mind. That yes, I need to have some trust in, in my relationship. I need to have trust in that other person. Mm-hmm. And I want to keep this in the context of a marital dynamic. Mm-hmm. That I have a trust in another human being. So... What areas do those play out in most, do you think? Because the things that come to my mind are, you know, finances, intimacy, judgment, communication, time, parenting, 
Well, yeah. I, I, those are the big ones, I guess, that I would think of as well. But uh, taking care of the house. Okay. Right. Roles. Ooh, different roles. Responsibilities. Yeah, okay. Played in that. No, yeah. I, I think that fits because there's, there is this element of, you know, we come into a relationship together and we're creating this story. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, and we start to think of this through the lens of, okay, it was idealized at the beginning. Right. Think about it. You, when you meet and fall in love with somebody, it produces some feelings in the both of you. Mm hmm that then carry you forward to where I want to keep checking this thing out. I want to, I want to come back to this even more mm -hmm. because of the way you make me feel, the way I make you feel. Yeah. This dynamic starts to enhance us. And so I think that's part of that whole idealized um, or idealistically distorted <laughs> aspect that we bring into life when we're in the beginning of new love. And okay. then as that goes on, we start to get a better picture of who am I really in a relationship with? Okay. Who, who, who is it that, what are the characteristics of them? What are the things that make them them? What are the things that um, I'm meeting of them that's like, oh, that's a good, that's a good match. I could see, you know, because if you're early on in this relationship, you see it as, oh, I got this, this thing could be great because it's going to be stable uh, we're going to have financial things taken care of, you know, because or we just have fun together. Right. We just really enjoy being together. Sure. Yeah. But then as things go on, inevitably there's going to be a disappointment or in the sake of our conversation, a broken trust. Okay. Right. Because yeah. I want to at least at the outset, put out there this idea of our trust oftentimes is initially built on something ideal. And my guess is, though, those things aren't discussed. Those are, that sounds like expectations. Sure. Right. I, I think there's an undercurrent of that. Absolutely. The way that you're setting it up, oh, you know, here's how this relationship is unfolding. And when we're dating, things are fabulous. Everything just kind of flows potentially. Um, and hey, this is going to be good. I, in my mind, I think you're going to be doing X, Y, Z. You're always going to initiate because you love it so much. And then we get married and maybe you're getting upset that I'm not initiating. So, shift so and maybe change. you stop initiating. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. That was my expectation of what you would do. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of where you're going with this? Is, Somewhat, is, but but I'm, I'm thinking this more in the terms of how often do we come into a relationship and it's built on something slightly precarious at best because it's idealized, it's distorted, it's euphoric. And then when we start getting into it, there's this joint expectation of it won't change, it won't shift, even though logically speaking, I think we all realize it will. Okay. And then when it does, our emotion can jump in, and I'm cr I'm I crumble. I it's a catastrophe. It's it's a huge deal. When maybe it's not, because it's a better chance to actually reevaluate, reorganize around what really is. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things we've talked about on the show is this idea of trust. Anytime it comes up in with when I'm working with couples or any or a person and they say, I need to be able to trust them. I always ask the question, trust to do what? Because it's not just a blanket statement. 
If I just blindly throw out there, babe, I need to be able to trust you. I'm setting myself up to be hurt. If I'm thinking of the entirety of it, because there will be things that will disappoint me or frustrate me, or it is a broken agreement. Even if it's not a huge one, it's just a, you said you'd be home at 530. Why are you walking in the door at 540? Well, and how many times in this in the scenarios you're talking about is broken trust um, from something that just wasn't even communicated what the expectation was in the first place? True. It, when you use the word trust, does it typically come up in your office in relation to a betrayal, like a? Um, That's most of the time because obviously when people are coming to see me, there's always there's usually something that has precipitated their reasoning of reaching out. And betrayals are a big part of that. Yeah, betrayals are a big part of why people will reach out for counseling. And so there is this element of my trust has been broken in them. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that. And that's why if you go back in the archives, you can look up trust and hurt and realize there's a difference between it because rebuilding trust is different than dealing with the hurt. Those are two separate things. Yes. So that needs to be addressed differently. But for the sake of our conversation, I want to think of it through the lens of trust to do what? Because I need to get more realistic or reasonable of what I'm expecting, what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm wanting, and then also what's even viable. You know, if I'm married to somebody that travels all the time and I'm upset when they have to leave, is it viable that they could change that without huge consequences? Right. Well, probably not. Not without some a, a different kind of grief that could happen and struggle that could happen between us. So I want one of the things I came across not too long ago was this phrase of it's when I'm talking about trust in a relationship, a better path or a better thought process is to think of this in the terms of I need to learn how to regulate myself so I can determine my partner's trustworthiness. Okay, two big keys there. What does it mean to regulate myself? And then that means how is trustworthiness re- different than... So that means I need to look at this through the lens of how do I overreact to something that was an unmet expectation or an unspoken disappointment that happened or even just a broken trust, right? Because look at the variations that can happen, Pam, because this is the example that comes to my mind is a betrayal that's happened. And so obviously there's one of the routes a lot of couples will go with a betrayed spouse. They will go, I I need transparency to make sure everything's done, to make sure there's nothing else being hidden, and to make sure you can earn back trust. Okay. So oftentimes the betrayer is usually on board with, absolutely, here's my phone. If they're truly, I I want this relationship. I want my marriage. I'm, I'm turning towards it. I realize this was just a mess up but I want this. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times the best move for that is to, here you go, access to everything, mm-hmm. which that's reasonable for the short term. Okay. It starts to become harmful in the long run, my opinion, okay. professionally speaking. But the, the struggle becomes if I come, like if, say it happened with us. I mean, it did happen to us years and years ago, but let's say it's going on now. Mm-hmm. And so I've given you transparency of everything and, and then you asked me one day, so did you come straight home from work? Assuming I work not in the house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I did. But then the credit card bill comes through and you see I got gas on that day and you realized 
it was at the time I was on my way home from work, so I didn't come straight home from work. I stopped to get gas. Was that a broken trust? (laughs) Or, you know, because those are the variations of life or things that we can't possibly control. And when I get so caught up in, I need every assurance of you, my trust is contingent on that, I'm going to be disappointed and frustrated and hurt at times rather than realizing how do I regulate myself to see it as, okay, hold on. What was that that really happened? Rather than letting my emotions add fuel to the fire. And so by regulate myself, is that another way of saying, I need to look at myself and determine if I'm overreacting or not? I I need to self-soothe. I need to, I need to calm down and, and ask some better questions of, wait, why is it that that happened that hurt me? How, because what you can do is start to recognize then what are the actions the person I'm doing with life with, what are they really telling me? What's really being said here? Okay. Because if there's something nefarious going on, my personal belief and professional belief is we're too stupid as humans to keep it hidden for long. Mm-hmm. So it will come out. Right. But the other thing I can look at it as, okay, everything we do tells a story. So how do I see the story cleaner to realize what level of trustworthiness are they showing here? So that, uh, so then moving on to that, are they trustworthy? Right. Where's that determination? That is, that is me making a judgment call about you. Yes. Saying whether you are or you are not trustworthy. And this is where we need to pivot the conversation to make it to where it's not a global level of trustworthiness, but it's a situational level of trustworthiness. Yeah, it really sounds like that there's um, room for a a lot of fire in there, (laughs) right? (laughs) A lot of... Yes. Because I'm I'm judging you. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, which we do in a relationship. I we all judge to of, varying degrees. We don't call it judgment typically, but we are all making assessments. Of yeah, stuff. and some of that could be for self protection, mm-hmm. um, and and can be valid for my own safety and security. But so, guide me through that. What that what that looks like if I'm to determine if you're trustworthy or not. Well, then you look at it in the different aspects of what we talked about earlier, finances, intimacy, communication, spirituality, time, mm-hmm. roles. Mm-hmm. Are you trustworthy in you'll take over the house during tax season? So Reversing I can't, that. Yeah, so I'm, I can't define trustworthy with trustworthy. So do you follow through with what you say you're going to do in those areas? Do you do you take care of what your responsibility is? Or we have an gotcha. agreement on how we're going to spend money. And do I uphold my side of that equation? Mm-hmm. Or am I out frivolously taking care of other things with it and being flippant, hoping it doesn't get seen? Or coming up with reasons why that was a justifiable, worthless expense. Yeah, It's not according to what we had agreed upon. That's not a trustworthy action. And so it's, it's recognizing the dynamic and how it plays out between us in the different aspects of us and what we create together. Okay. Because this is one of those things. Let's, let's pick on our kids for a second. Um, That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that there's an element of, there's aspects of their life according to what we want for them and what is their responsibility as high school students, Mm -hmm. that they are trustworthy with the way they conduct themselves. Mm 
Mm-hmm. They take care of their job. They take care of their work at school. They keep up with what they need to. They keep up with their calendar of when things are scheduled and due and not. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we do. That's theirs. And they've shown we handle that. Mm-hmm. We also have some expectations of, hey, pick up after yourself, in which they have shown they are not as trustworthy. True that. <laughs> they have people that take care of that, i.e. you and I. <laughs> but it's just, that's this element of when we can start to break it down, I don't make, I'm less likely to make the blanket, I can't ever trust you to do anything. I can't ever count on you for anything. Because that's a statement when I'm not on, ba- when I'm off balance and reacting. Mm-hmm. rather than, okay, I can keep it on this specific area and there's more merit to it. There's more truth behind what I'm saying. Yeah, that's so hard though, because it does, even when you're in a rational mind and, and self-soothing, if I'm not trustworthy in one area, we talk about this all the time, even the phrase, how you do sex is how you do life and how you do life is how you do sex, mm-hmm. right? And And we've said you can interchange the word sex with, how you do finances or how you do other things because you, there is a, a tendency to, if I'm this way in one area, Mm -hmm. maybe that's really just kind of who I am. So I get that I'm not always exactly that way in every segment of my life, right? but it's just normal to, as, as a spouse to carry over and, and make assumptions or, um, Right. Well, that's just where I'll take some specific data and make a blanket indictment. Yeah. When I need to slow myself down to realize that's not the best, that's not for the benefit of either one of us to go that route. I end up setting each of us on the defensive Mm -hmm. or I set up as judge and jury or I set up as it's unrealistic or moral, moral high ground or there's all these different things that ultimately will be the demise of the moment minimum. Yes, for sure. And so it's not that we can always do this perfectly, but when I can start to look at this as, okay, what's the level of trustworthiness of the person I'm actually interacting with? And then I can parse it out even further of what is it I'm really expecting? What is it I'm really looking for? What is my preference? Because some of the things that ding me with you Mm -hmm. are just, you don't live according to my preference. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, okay, rationally speaking, you probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But I need to realize, okay, that's just, all right, that's just where it is. Okay, I get that. And the more I can, that's a regulating move mm-hmm. of realizing, okay, but in the whole of the story, it's good. There's a lot of consistency. There's a lot of congruence with our words. And so I think when you start to look at it on what do you do with this to let up your level of trustworthiness mm-hmm. in the people you live life with and are trying to be close to, because that's our control then, is mm-hmm. I want to try to live a trustworthy life. Okay. I think it's a good goal for all of us. Okay. And that's that whole idea of my, my level of honesty with myself and with others, mm-hmm. my level of consistency with myself and my others. Those are the things that start to create a reliable aspect right. of things. Right. And it, you say that consi- I could be consistent in everything, but I could be a really terrible person. I'm just consistently terrible. <laughs> okay. But then if I look at it the way we're framing this conversation, I can trust the fact that you're a terrible person. 
And I can make some decisions based on that. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's the shift of now I put the power squarely on my own shoulders to face what the reality is cleaner. Okay. And that's really the whole point of this phrase of how do I regulate myself enough to determine my partner's trustworthiness? So I can actually face what is. And this is a phrase we've said just recently in the show, several shows is I need to deal with the spouse I have, not the one I wish they were. And so how do I face that? That's how I confront and earn more levels of depth Mm -hmm. and connection than ultimately probably trust. Yeah. I'm curious, Pam, how much of, uh, so this, this show was different in the fact that um, we just took a topic. This felt Mm -hmm. like a blast from the past actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Since that's, that used used to be SMR Mm -hmm. that we were just, have a topic, deep dive, and let's go. Um, and it's funny because before we started recording, you were like, but this is listener-driven radio. You know, we're not doing an email for this episode? <laughs> yes, we're still doing emails. Just ask the question. No, absolutely. I can, I can ask the question. You absolutely can. But it's you're trustworthy in that. There you go. I know that you will. Um, but it's just, it's interesting because it's recognizing... Sometimes I think some we can make things too simplified when they're more complicated. That's okay. life. Yeah. And sometimes what we also want to do is take the complicated and make it more simple. Yeah. And trust is one of those things, man. That you can go both ways. It's it? simple and it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, if we didn't live up to the levels of trustworthiness you were expecting with today's show, let us know, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymergeradio.com. See you next time.